Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcasts. In particular, I want to mention the Old Time Radio Superman Show at otrsuperman.net. Over the course of a decade, we went through every intact Superman serial and every half-hour Superman program and played them all for you. More than a thousand episodes, all available at otrsuperman.com, and you can find all the podcasts we've done over the years at greatdetectives.net at the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio homepage. Well, now we're going to get into this week's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, and we have a bit of a challenge this week, as we are missing part two of this serial. However, we do have part one, we have the rest of the serial, and we also have John Abbott's synopsis of uh, episode two in the book, The Who Is Johnny Dollar Matter, And so we will play episode one, and then I will come back and summarize what was in episode two, and then we will play episode three. Now, from April the 2nd of 1956, here's the Salt City Matter, episode one. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Hello, Johnny. Sam Rubin. Oh. What's the matter, kid? I don't know. It's a feeling I get every time I hear your voice on the phone, Sam. Now, what does that mean? Well, the last time you called, I took a job and had to hock my watch for cable fare in Hong Kong. That's what it means. (laughs) So I bought your new watch, didn't I? What's in your mind? Ed Julian. Ed Julian? So long, Sam. No, no, no. Wait, wait a minute. Johnny, Johnny, this is important. I need help. If you're fooling around with somebody like Ed Julian, you sure do need help. Go call a cop. They can't help me. I'm calling you. Johnny, for old time's sake. I'll see you after breakfast, Sam. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To Samuel Rubin and Associates, Insurance Brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. I didn't know it was going to be that, Salt City, I mean. But I did know the name Ed Julian. Every policeman in the country knew that name. My first impulse was to hang up the phone on Sam, but I didn't. Instead, I spent 85 cents, that's my first item, on cab fare to get me to Sam's office. Welcome, Johnny. Long time no see. Come on in. Sit down. Have a smoke. I'll Sam Rubin looked about the same as I remembered him, and he acted about the same. He shook my hand, pushed a cigar at me, held up a $160 lighter, and smiled. 
Oh, Johnny, Johnny, I'd like to have you on my permanent payroll. Oh, now that'd be something. Are you making me an offer or just talking? No, I suppose I'm just talking. But you're good to look at, you know? It gives me confidence. No, a little outfit like I got here, I can't afford high-priced talent like yourself for a steady diet. Why don't you sit down, kid? You'll pardon me, Sam, but I don't feel sorry for you. You're right about every kind of insurance that's ever been issued. Oh, well, yeah, sure, but nothing like those big operations that you're used to. This is all little bitty companies. Yeah, so I make a living. A man having his own company, running it by himself. Ten of his own companies. So it's ten times as much trouble, no? Listen, what do you know about Ed Julian, Johnny? He had quite a name in Chicago and Los Angeles, Hoboken. I thought he was in jail these days. Who, Ed? No, got himself out of jail. Must have been three, four years ago. Sure, went into enterprises in uh, Florida, California. Very legitimate fellow. Oh, I'm sure he is. Let's get to the point, Sam. But well, you're working for me, aren't you? I don't know whether I am or not. I haven't heard what it's all about. About? It's about Ed Julian, that's what it's about. All right, I'll lay it right out for you. Here. Look at this. $50,000. $50,000 I got to pay his widow if something happens to him. You'll pardon me again, Sam, but when you collected that first premium on him, and I yeah. take it you sold him $50,000 worth of life insurance, you should have thought of this part of it. What, has something happened to him? No, nothing's happened to him. I'm afraid something's going to happen to him. I'd have to get this money up. <laughs> I'm just going to listen to you talk because it doesn't seem to do much good asking you questions. So go ahead, Sam. Talk, talk. Maybe something will come All up. All right, but Johnny, don't be shrewd with me, huh? Now, the policy was issued maybe a month ago. I personally, <laughs> I personally, I wouldn't sell a man like Ed Julian Life Insurance, any kind of insurance. He's not a calculated risk. He's a lousy, long-sighted bet. Man like that. The enemies he makes. Ooh. He's a bad fellow all the way around. But... Here it is. It's on paper. I'm stuck if anything happens to him. Now, Johnny, the man's living in San Francisco now, and all I want is you go to him and ask him to cancel the policy, okay? <laughs> Sam, how did you ever get the insurance business? No, no, Johnny, please. Why don't you go to San Francisco? Handle it yourself. Johnny, I I'll can't... tell you why. Because you know and I know there's no way for me or you or anybody else to approach Ed Julian and ask him to cancel out this policy. What it amounts to is that you want me to go there and keep an eye on him until you can break the policy. Isn't that it? Not necessarily, Johnny. What do you mean, not necessarily? All right, all right, so you're right. Listen, I heard through the grapevine there's a large collection of Ed's old friends visiting in and around San Francisco just a few days ago. It makes me very nervous. I have already a blood pressure condition. Friends who days. might want to shoot him down? Yeah, that's the kind of people, yes. $50,000 payoff would hit me very hard this week. All right, next week maybe not so hot, but this week, oh boy, the market. Are you playing with company funds? No, again, no, it's Sam. a calculated risk I'm entitled to take with company funds. They entrust me. All right, all right. Now, will you please sit down and study this thing out with me? What's, I'm always asking you to sit down, you never do. I also never study anything with you. Sam, how much? Well, expenses, $500 bonus. Bye, Sam. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Johnny, you're so impatient. I'll make it a thousand, thousand dollars bonus. Take care of yourself. No, no, See you. Listen, Johnny, look, look, Johnny, all you have to do is keep him alive till I break the policy responsibility. My lawyers can do that. They told me it'll take a couple of days. I don't have to do anything, Sam. How'd you get that policy? It was in a bundle of stuff came in from the coast. Ed Julian took this out under his real name, Eduardo Saccovetti. Now, who knows it's Ed Julian? Skip the gestures and tell me how you do know. Well, my broker out in San Francisco. Her name is, uh... I don't know, Strauber Street or something like that. She sold it to him. Later on, she found out who he really was. She sent me a wire. So, uh, a thousand's okay, huh? No. So how much? 
2500 You're expenses. crucifying that me. That watch you gave me never kept time. All right, never. all right, all right. 2500 2500 Expense account item 2, $168.73. Airfare and incidentals, Hartford to San Francisco. I arrived at 8 in the morning. On the way in from the airport, the fog began to roll in from the bay. From my hotel room at the Fairmont, I looked out in time to see the provision barge moving out toward Alcatraz before the fog closed in completely. Somebody said the storm warnings were up all along the coast, and somebody was right. By 11 o'clock, a light rain had begun to patter over the fog-bound Bay City. Item 3, 23 bucks, one trench coat. I was wearing it when I spent another buck, item 4, cab fare. This time to get me from San Francisco's Fairmont Hotel to Ed Julian's address on another part of San Francisco's Knob Hill. There in the drizzling rain, I interviewed not Ed Julian, but one of San Francisco's older but more stable residents. The uniform said he was a member of the property police. Hey, hey, you. Uh, just a minute there. Just a minute. Nobody lives there. And I hope for your sake, boy, you ain't no Jimmy artist, because I got me a gun under this raincoat. I'm no Jimmy artist. I'm just trying to locate a man named Julian. Ed Julian? That's right. Uh, Mr. Sarcovetti lived here. Well, according to my records, Mr. Sarkovetti and Mr. Julian are the same man. Well, he ain't here now. Moved out bag and baggage a week ten days ago. Whatever name he used. Uh-huh. Don't suppose you have any idea where he went, do you? Nope. You happen to see him move? Uh, yep. Him and his wife and their clothes. Left all their furniture, huh? Didn't have any to leave. This place was furnished for them. They're the kind of people who never own more than they could carry. That's the way I figured them. Fast traveling and short acquaintances. Now, I once knew a feller up in King City. You see, King City's about 45 miles north of here. That's how the Ed Julian matter stood on a rainy morning in San Francisco. Nothing out of the ordinary for Ed Julian. Yet, all around me, there seemed to be some sort of a dark, threatening undertone that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Whatever it was, it troubled me, standing out in the rain, talking to that old man... It still troubled me when I made my way back down the hill and found, to my surprise, that the San Francisco Classified Telephone Directory listed Edward Julian Enterprises. Expense account item five, ten cents, one phone call. Hello? Hello. I'd uh, like to talk to Mr. Julian, please. He's not in. Secretary's out. Would you like to leave a message? Well, this is Johnny Dollar calling. Uh, he doesn't know me, I'll but I... will leave the message for him. When do you expect him back? Never. The rain was just starting up again as I stood in front of the floor-level office at Powell and Hooker. On the door, it said, Edward Julian Enterprises Incorporated. And below it, it said, walk in. I did. Hello? Hello, who's that? Hello. Uh, hello, who are you looking for? Ed Julian. He isn't around now. Maybe I can help you. Well, maybe you can. I'd like to know something about his enterprises. Why? Why? Oh, I might want to invest some money. <laughs> Oh, what's funny about that? You the guy who called me a little while ago? Yeah, I called. I suppose you're the one I talked to. What's your angle? I want to find Julian. So do I. So do a lot of people. What's that name? Johnny Dollar. And I'm Ray Gumby, Ed's attorney. Come on in here. It's warmer. I followed Ray Gumby to the back office of the two-office suite. Watched him as he stood in front of the gas heater. Medium-sized man, 50 or so, wearing a tan sport coat, a wool scarf, a turtleneck sweater. Not exactly the conservative attire usually expected of members of the bar. But then he looked happy about it. 
Uh, sit down, Dollar. Have a drink. Thanks, Mr. Gumpy. Well, cheers. Mm-hmm. <coughs> now, uh, you ask about Ed's Enterprises. Well, I tell you right now, they aren't much. He has an oil field, a piece of a gambling casino, a piece of a racetrack, and a part of a ship, and part of a smelter works. What does he do a couple of weeks ago? He up and unloads it all. Oh, I've, I've had a little cold with all this weather we've been having. <coughs> Why do you want to find him? To protect him. <laughs> That's cute. Personally, I wish the bum would get pneumonia. He left me holding the sack here. How's that? I formed these corporations for him and acted as chairman on all the boards. Then he sold out from under me. Didn't even bother to say goodbye or pay me off. You want to find him too, then? You betcha. I'm suing for proper fees. Think it'll do any good, Mr. Gumby? No, I don't think so. I mean, as far as me getting my money goes. But if I can get him subpoenaed, and he ignores the subpoena, the court will issue a warrant on contempt charges and throw his carcass in jail for a while. If he was behind the bars and I went to visit him, maybe I could handle him. <laughs> the bars between us, of course. Of course. Yeah. You want another knock? No, thanks. Uh, no. You go ahead. <coughs> that sounds pretty good. It is. Getting him in jail? Yeah, if I can get him served. <clears throat> well, it's not going to be an easy job getting those papers into his hands. Two of my regular boys have already tried and failed. I'm a fool ever to accept such a man as a client. Never do such a thing again. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Mr. Grumby, the man I'm working for said practically those same words to me in Hartford yesterday. It doesn't make me feel any better. I wish it did. And I wish you luck protecting him. Mm. Hey, Mr. Grumby. Something just occurred to me. Now, what's that? Well, now, maybe we could work this out together. How? You want Julian to be served with a subpoena so you can have the police pick him up. I want him to be safe. And there's no safer spot than the city jail. Hey. Where's that subpoena? Well, right here. And there's a fee in it if you can get it in his hands. Two hundred, maybe? All right. You say two of your men have already tried and failed to get to him. What happened to them? Been to his place on Knob Hill. I was there earlier today. He moved out. I know. But my men went up there to serve him. Both of them fell down two flights of stairs. Seems like a myth. Maybe Ed isn't living in such high places these days. I hope not, for your sake, Dollar. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow? That's when I begin to find a myth can be stranger than fiction. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. All right, so in his book, The Who Is Johnny Dollar Matter, John Abbott has synopsises of all of the existing Johnny Dollar radio episodes, and he went to the library, which when he went there, it was over at Thousand Oaks that housed most of the Hollywood scripts for Johnny Dollar. And he wrote synopsis of them as well. Now, episode two begins with Johnny going to see Inspector Walsh of the uh, San Francisco Police Department and updating him on what's going on and saying that the town is full of a lot of crooks. Johnny meets up with the agent who sold the policy, whose name is Eleanor. She says she met uh, Ed Julian at a restaurant with his wife, who she knew from high school. Eleanor sold Ed Julian an insurance policy, despite the fact that Julian tried to hit on her. They have dinner, and Eleanor reveals that there are several prominent criminals in town who will probably hear their names later, uh, but uh, she mentions Jim Reno, Chili Winters from Chicago, Lolovich and Chosky from Detroit, and Fritzy Chrysler and Turkey Johnson from Toledo. After dinner, Johnny gets a call from someone identifying himself who, as Wade, who says that Julian is staying at the Skyline apartment. Johnny goes down to the apartments and he runs into a known hood named Swifty. And Swifty and his pal Luke join forces and beat Johnny up and put him in a cab and send him to a Turkish bath. So there were some exciting events in episode two. Let's go ahead and take a listen to episode three from April the 4th of 1956. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Yes? Skyline Apartment. Johnny Dollar speaking. What? Maybe you don't remember me, but I remember you. I was there last night and got banged on the head by a pair of hoodlums. I know nothing about it, and I can't talk now. Well, then you can listen. I'm coming over there in about an hour. I hope your two hoods are there when I show up. Will you tell them that for me? I'll deliver the message, if you wish. Do that. Tonight, in every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To Sam Rubin and Associates, Insurance Brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. Expense account item 8, $10. Medical bill for two stitches in my scalp. Item 9, 10 cents. One more phone call. To the prettiest insurance broker in San Francisco. You said you'd buy me lunch. Something's come up. I don't care what you say. You said you'd meet me. Meet me. Item 10, $2. More of that ever-loving cab fare. This time, I kept the cabbie waiting outside Eleanor Stover's apartment. Johnny. Johnny. Hi, Angel. I didn't want to be a witch, but I did want to see you, if only for a minute. 
Come in. Can't. My cab's waiting downstairs. But I want... What happened to you? Oh, I argued a little bit with two of Ed Julian's hired hands. He has a little muscle around him these days. No one to worry. Johnny, I feel responsible. Why? Like a big dope, I was the one who sold him that insurance policy. Now you have to mix into it and try to keep him alive. You look like the one who needs protection. Well, don't look at it that way. Hmm? If you hadn't sold him the policy, I'd never have come to San Francisco and I'd never have met you. And you wouldn't be here right now. I'll call you later. Ellie. Yes, John? I didn't tell you this part. I'm going to serve a subpoena on him and try to get him to appear in court. I don't expect he'll pay any attention to it, and then they'll issue a warrant for his arrest for contempt of court. I figured he'd be as safe in jail as anywhere else. What subpoena? An attorney who worked on a few deals with him, a man named Ray Gumby. Oh, take care. I went back to my cab and told the driver to take me to the Skyline Apartments. When we pulled up in front, the same kind of things were going on in the same lobby. Well, hello, Moisha. Oh, Mr. Swift? Let me. Swifty! Swifty! You're in here looking for trouble, and you're going to get it. I thought you found that out once. I sure did, and I sure am. Where's your tall, skinny friend? He's coming. Look! You! <laughs> well, if it isn't a robo boy from Hartford, how many times we have to toss you out of here? You've hit your quota. I only get tossed out of one place at one time. What floor is Julian on? The fourth. But that don't get mean... out of my way. Uh, not so fast. I hate to have to mess you up all over again. All right, Weisenheimer, this is a knife. This is a gun. Oh, that way, huh? Yeah. Put that thing away, boy. I got two stitches in my scalp from you boys last night. I'll always have a little scar from them. And somehow I think you should have the same. Under the circumstances, it seemed like the honest thing to do. I left both of them in the lobby and took the elevator unescorted up to the fourth floor. But I was disappointed once more. Ed Julian didn't answer the door, but a small blonde girl who looked like she might have been having a good cry did. Swifty, what do you want? You're not Swift. Is Ed Julian here? Swifty didn't let you come up here. He won't let anybody up here. How'd you get inside? Why don't you invite me in and I'll tell you all about it. Are you a policeman? No, ma'am. All right. Why not? Come on in. Whoever you are, mister, you're taking some awful chances. Well, let's say I'm a friend of Ed's. Ed hasn't got any friends and I know all of them. What's your name? Johnny Dollar. Where do I find him? I'm Ed's wife. My name's Lorraine. I know you. I mean, I know a friend of yours, Eleanor Strober. She said she went to high school with you about ten years ago. A million years ago. At least a million. How did you know her? I'm in the insurance business. Do you expect Ed back soon? I don't expect anything anymore. No. What do you want to see him about? Business. I'd like to wait for him. If you got this far, you might as well. What about Swifty and Luke downstairs? They, uh, they were glad to see me come up. You, you want a drink or something? You ought to take off your hat and coat. It'll be cold for you when you... Did they do that? Hmm. Yes, it uh, wasn't too easy getting in. Those dirty punks. 
Can I... Can I fix it or something? Uh, doctor, just tuck two stitches in it. It'll be okay. I'm sorry. You seem like a nice guy. Well, you seem like a nice girl. What? I said you seem like a nice girl. <laughs> Nobody said anything like that to me since I married Ed. You aren't supposed to be nice when I love somebody like Ed Julian. Well, my job is to protect him. From who or what, I don't know. But to protect him, I want to find him. Well, you won't protect him here. He hasn't been here for a couple of days. Where is he? How should I know where he is? How should I know? I'm only his wife, the hired girl. Those others came in town. What others? Those from the east. Ugly men with... Yesterday... No, no, I... I guess it was the day before. Ed was here with one of them. A man named Chili Winters. They sat right there, drinking and talking. Then they both went out together. I didn't like the way that Chili looked. He looked... Where'd they go? I don't know. Oh, get out of here, Johnny. You're not going to find him here ever. Go on. Beat it. He'll kill me if he found me talking to anybody. He'd kill me. I know he I didn't want that to happen, so I left. No one was in the lobby to say hello, fire a bullet, or use a blackjack. I spent another hour downtown at the Hall of Justice looking up the record of chilling winters, a list of felonies ranging from armed robbery to assault with a deadly weapon. He'd been convicted twice on the latter charge, once in Michigan and once in California. It seemed likely that tracing him might prove helpful in locating Ed Julian, but he was not to be located either. About three o'clock in the afternoon, after a fruitless day of trying to locate Winters or Julian or both, I went back to my hotel room. Oh, Mr. Dollar. Mr. Dollar. Now what? Uh, do you remember me, uh, the desk clerk at the Skyline? Yeah, I remember you. I must apologize for what happened. I mean, all the trouble you had with Mr. Swift and Mr. Luke. <laughs> they didn't handle the matter very well. No, they didn't. What's on your mind? Well, I'll be very blunt. Two things are on my mind. Ed Julian... And your problem in locating him. Uh, I'm just a desk clerk. I need every penny, you know. I hope you're sawing it away. Uh, I took an awful chance coming here. You asked for Mr. Julian twice yesterday. You found him neither time. Come on, get to it, will you? Well, I know you aren't a thug like those others. I mean, I, I didn't know until Mrs. Julian told me you were an insurance man. Well, anyway, I know where Mr. Julian can be found. Where? And I'd hoped you'd be able to, uh... Here. This is all I'm able to. Now, where is he? Oh, thank you, Mr. Dollar. Now, I just happened to overhear this morning when I was working the switchboard. Mr. Julian, well, he's in Salt City, California. Uh, the Salt City Smelter Company, I believe one of his enterprises. It seems he went there with a Mr. Winters because there's going to be a kind of a big meeting of all of them there. Uh, Mr. Reno and others. Uh, sometime this week. Uh, does that make sense to you, Mr. Dollar? It might... Yeah. All right, you've got your money. Oh, yes, thank you, Mr. Dollar. Oh, and please, please don't mention to anyone that I was here that I disclosed this to you. I'd lose my job if it got out, and I needed it. A local filling station furnished a map of California, which located a place called Salt City about 300 miles away in the desert. I decided to ask a man who might know about it, Ray Gumby, attorney at law. Uh-oh. What? I've handled correspondence from there. 
Not on the beaten path. Well, that doesn't tell me much. As near as I can gather, it's an enterprise town, lock, stock, and barrel. Uh-huh. Ed Julian's gone over there. Well, let's forget all this, at least my part of it. Why? I don't want you to go that far in trying to get him back here. Fault City's real bad news. Yeah, sounds like it, Mr. Gumby. Uh, let me ask you something. Why are you going this far on this case? Sounds like a loser to me. I don't know, Mr. Gumby, I don't know. But I've had the feeling ever since Ed Junior's name was first mentioned that... that something was happening. Something way off somewhere, but so close I could touch it. That's funny. I've had the same feeling. Expense account item 11, $38, transportation. By train, San Francisco to Salt City and return. It was just coming up dawn when the conductor nudged me out of a restless sleep and told me the Salt City stop was 60 seconds long. I took my bag and stepped off onto the dry, sun-baked clay that served as a station platform. Then I looked around and saw a yellow, grimy little town stuck along one side of a yellow, grimy little mountain. The stacks from an immense smelter rising up to the skyline, the smell of phosphorus and coke in the air. It had been a bad trip to what was obviously a bad place. And naturally enough, bad things began to happen right away. Taxi, mister? Yeah, sure. Where to? Salt City Smelter Works. Know where they are? Oh, yeah, I know where they are, but I ain't taking you there. What? Yeah, get your hand off of my cab door. Hey, look, I... Get your hand off the door. Call a cop. You better do like you say, pal. Oh, sure. Smart. You ever been here before? Nope. This is the end of the line, pal. I've been here twice. Both times I promised myself I'd never come back again. And what are you doing here now? Accident. They kicked me off their freight. I get nightmares about this place. I remember the first cop I ever met here in Salt City. While I was spelling my name to him, he hit me in the face several times. Always by mistake, of course. But don't risk any mistakes, friend. I'm not going to be here long. That's good, that's good, that's real good. You know what? What? Somebody made this dump and then forgot about it. Just plain forgot about it. I'll see you. No bird sang. No dog barked. No cock crowed. Nothing. Nothing but that feeling inside of me and something saying, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow? Well, maybe I was psychic or something, because tomorrow is when that feeling, that hunch, turns into action. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. Well, a really solid appearance by Barney Phillips at the end. And truth be told, I actually, in terms of a cliffhanger, would have liked one of his lines to be it rather than the theme of Johnny just having a bad feeling about the whole situation. But be that as it may, I think it's a solid start. Both the episodes we got to hear have a really good share of action and seem to move rather well. You definitely miss having the actual episode 2 in there, but again, as long as you've got episode 5, we're able to play these stories. Now, uh, listener comments and feedback now, and we start on YouTube, where Ronser writes regarding the Plantagenet Manor, I love this story. And we also got some comments regarding some earlier episodes, or later, uh, as the case might be. It gets kind of tricky when we are replaying a series, but these are the first times that we played the Bob Bailey episodes. I got one comment regarding a Charles Russell episode from Billy, who writes, I think most of us agree the Bob Bailey 15-minute serials were the best, but these early episodes with their humorous bent tickle me. At insurance investigation, he's only an expert. At filling out his expense report, he's an absolute genius. Well, thanks so much, uh, Billy. And I'm glad that you're enjoying those early episodes. And there's nothing inconsistent with enjoying the other eras of Johnny Dollar while still thinking that one really is the best. And I think the serial era definitely is that for me, as well as many other listeners. And finally, we have a review from the Apple Podcast uh, Store from Holden, who writes, I don't mind the episodes being in parts. I just enjoy the stories and the format. Keep up the great work, and it's very much appreciated. Well, thank you so much, Holden. I appreciate your feedback and you taking time to review the podcast in the Apple Podcast Store. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day, and I want to go ahead and thank Lisa. Lisa has been one of our Patreon supporters since October of 2021, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Lisa. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And be sure to rate and review the program wherever you download it from. We will be back with episodes 4 and 5 on Friday. And coming next week, on Thursdays, we'll be featuring previously uncirculated episodes of Mr. Chameleon. And then on Saturday, we'll be doing our second run-through of Dragnet. But join us back here tomorrow for Dangerous Assignment, where... Morning. Hello, Skipper. This your boat? Sure, Skipper. For charter? Sure. I take you where you want to go, Skipper. Okay, where I want to go is the little island of San Miguel. Sure, Skipper. I... Huh? Where did you say? San Miguel. Skipper, I'm sorry. I just remembered my boat she has chartered for the day. What? Sure, Skipper. Look, I thought you said it wasn't. Sure, Skipper. Lousy memory. I forget things. Yeah, sure do. Well, thanks a lot, Skipper. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.